Well, folks, happy holidays. I know it's hard to believe, but yes, they're finally back with us again. And after nearly three long years of the pandemic, many families will be reunited, some actually for the first time since 2019. So with this comes a time for celebration, family, friends, and of course, food, right? But here, a lot of things come to mind when we think about holiday festivities. And my gut tells me that for a lot of people, discussions about personal finances, well, probably wouldn't rank too high on the list, if at all for that matter. Welcome back to Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. And joining me is Catherine Collinson, founding CEO and president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute and its Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies to share how the holidays might just be a prudent, if not an ideal time to take a closer look in evaluating your financial plans. But before we dig in, just a reminder that we'd love to hear from you and learn what sorts of topics you'd like to hear more about, as well as gain your feedback on this episode. So please drop either Catherine or me a note at info at transamericacenter.org. Now, Catherine, I'm really anxious to gain some of your perspectives on the importance and relevance of financial conversations. I mean, speaking for myself, I'd suspect our listeners might find these topics uh, to be a little awkward uh, to the point of being, well, downright uncomfortable. So and to that end, I'd really welcome your insights. Thanks, Al. The holidays are one of the few times of the year where families are gathered together in person. Uh, and even though there might feel a little awkward or uncomfortable, um, because everybody's together, it's an ideal time to have candid conversations about finances and long-term planning. And let me tell you, these types of conversations are relatively uncommon. According to a Transamerica Institute survey conducted in late 2021, fewer than one in five Americans, only 18%, indicate they frequently discuss saving, investing, and retirement planning with family and close friends. 31% say they never discuss it. And these conversations are especially important right now, given the extent to which people have been financially impacted by the pandemic. Our survey found that almost one in four Americans, 24%, say their financial situation worsened in light of the pandemic. And here we are now with the ongoing disruptions in the employment market, volatility in the financial markets, increasing interest rates, and skyrocketing inflation, many more people may be finding themselves in a financial crunch. I hear you, Catherine, but at the same time, with so many things to celebrate and festive-related activities planned, I'm not sure when or how most of us would be able to nuance finances into the conversation. I mean, to me, that sounds like a surefire recipe for indigestion. <laughs> okay, Al, it does not have to disrupt or overtake all of your fun plans. And you know what? It doesn't even need to take long. You could just plan for a short conversation during a commercial break during the Ravens game. And we know those commercial breaks can get pretty long, but it can even be a short commercial break during a Ravens game. Or if the turkey or pot roast are in the oven and you're waiting for it, maybe it's something that you bring up uh, for a slightly longer conversation. One thing that's really important is that you set a time limit on it. So if it's going to be a 10-minute conversation or a 20-minute conversation, that you set that time limit 
and you stick to it, and you promise your family the festivities will resume at the completion of the conversation. Well, Catherine, I think you are right on point in terms of setting parameters up front. Uh, For instance, when to discuss and the time allocation. But beyond that, how would you suggest getting the ball rolling with this type of discussion? Well, Al, assuming that you would be the one initiating the conversation with your family, it does require some preparation. And I want to underscore, if handled with care, the discussion can be empowering and supportive. So here are my tips for getting started. Start by envisioning a positive outcome to increase the likelihood of success. If you're envisioning a food fight or hard feelings, you might inadvertently manifest them. The next thing is create a short checklist of topics for the conversation. And when I say short, I mean a short list. What you want to avoid is getting overwhelmed by a long list. And then during the conversation, listen to everyone and set your own feelings and ego aside because you got to keep in mind the whole goal of the conversation is a positive outcome for everyone. You know, Catherine, I think active listening is absolutely key and makes a lot of sense because no one wants Bedlam to erupt at their dinner table. So then what sort of items and approach should we be pursuing here? An icebreaker is to check in with everyone to learn if they're doing okay financially or if they're having problems. If everybody is doing fine, well, that's terrific news. But if not, depending on the problems involved, families can brainstorm ways to help each other out and find solutions. For most of us, our best support system is our family. And often we have more resources available than we might realize. It's also important to remember the sooner problems are raised and addressed, the less likely they are to spiral out of control. And it is much more harmonious to proactively raise problems than wait till a crisis occurs when reaction times are short and emotions are running high. Well, I see where you're heading. And while this sounds easier said than done, I'm actually getting more comfortable with the concept. Now, what would you suggest uh, should be covered? Another topic is to remind everyone where the family's legal documents are stored. This could be powers of attorney, wills, or any other types of legal documents. People tend to put these documents in a safe place. And people may even remember that they put them in a safe place. However, at a much later date, they may not remember the exact location of that safe place. Al, please don't answer this on the podcast, but where are your own legal documents stored and would your family know where to find them if need be? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, they do. And good point and well taken. I I actually remember not long after my folks passed away, we had an extended trip planned out of the country. And with that pending event, I set up an inventory of all essential documents, will, investment, insurance, policy documents as well as uh, you know, a central location for them to be stored. And you know, then I arranged to sit down with both of my sons when they were in town uh, in the event that a tragedy occurred because I really just wanted to hit on that to make sure you know, all hands on deck and everybody understood the game plan. 
but I can tell you, I remember my wife, Edie, thinking I was just getting a little too morbid, you know, with my fixation on this. But, you know, I figured, you know, if you make these kind of arrangements uh, up front, you're covered. And, you know, uh, it's sort of like carrying an umbrella. You know, you don't have to worry about it. Now, let's just say you don't have any legal documents. Then what? Okay. Well, Al, uh, kudos to you. Um, and it's it sounds like you have done a fantastic job. However, for our listeners out there that don't have legal documents yet, then this could be a topic of conversation to make as a New Year's goal or resolution to establish them. Keeping in mind, it requires doing homework, long conversations, as well as working with a family attorney or some other legal service provider. And by the way, for our listeners out there, if your family doesn't have legal documents yet, you're not alone. Our survey found that only 7 in 10 retirees, 70%, have one or more legal documents in place, the most common being a last will and testament at 52%. Fewer than half of retirees have a healthcare power of attorney, only 41%, or an advanced directive or living will. That's only 38% of retirees. And only 36% of retirees have a financial power of attorney. Even fewer have a trust or other types of legal documents. Well, Catherine, again, these are all very prudent points that you made here. So uh, any other topics you might want to suggest uh, to a family uh, you know, for this type of conversation? Yes. If you have parents or grandparents who are growing older and may need care at some point, you should consider checking in with them if they've thought about their plans for receiving care. Our survey found that almost half of retirees plan to rely on family and friends. A big question is, have they shared that expectation with their family and friends? Now, our survey did not ask that question, but I have a hunch that there's a strong chance that the answer may be no. And Al, these conversations are so important for family members who may need care, and they're just as important for family members who may be the caregiver. Our survey of workers found that almost 4 in 10 workers, 38%, are currently serving as a caregiver or have served as a caregiver in the past. In doing so, the vast majority made some sort of adjustment to their employment that could negatively impact their paycheck and their ability to save for their own retirement. So if a family hasn't started having these conversations yet, it's a really good time to just delicately initiate them, knowing that they're discussions that will take place over time and they require a lot of reflection as well as planning. Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, Tactfulness and sensitivity are really just vital in these types of conversations. And thank you for underscoring uh, this point about aging parents and the family caregivers who are here again, performing an invaluable and more than likely an unpaid labor of love. As a matter of fact, we recently dedicated an episode of Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth, to supporting caregivers in the workplace, which really does a nice job of outlining the experience of family caregivers and the ways that their employers are supporting them. So if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to check that out. 
Well, Catherine, must say you've given our listeners some substantial food for thought when they get together with their families over the holiday. Now, where can our listeners go to learn more? I'd like to share four resources that I find to be particularly helpful. The first is the Family Dinner Table Project, a nonprofit initiative by Massachusetts General Hospital that champions family dinner as an opportunity for family members to connect with each other through food, fun, and conversation about things that matter. The second resource is the University of Maryland Medical System's Crucial Conversations, 10 Tips for Handling Difficult Conversations. The third is the University of Colorado Boulder's How to Make the Most of a Tough Conversation. And last but not least, one of my personal favorite go-to sources is Next Avenue at nextavenue.org. It is the first and only national publication for older adults dedicated to covering the issues that matter most as we age. It has extensive research-based news articles on family conversations caregiving, and related topics. And even though it's primarily geared to an age 50 plus audience, it has insights and wisdom that are super helpful for people of all ages. So for our listeners out there who are interested in learning more about these resources, uh, you can find hyperlinks uh, to them in the transcript for this podcast, which lives on WYPR's website in the Clear Path Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth section. As always, Catherine, thanks so much for sharing your team's research and expertise. This was extremely insightful. And again, if you have ideas for future episodes, comments, or feedback, by all means, email me or Catherine at info at transamericacenter.org. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss upcoming episodes. I'm your host, Al Waller, wishing all of you the very best of everything this holiday season and in the upcoming new year. Until the next time, Stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit, private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, longevity, and retirement. You can find our weekly podcast on WYPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. Clear Path Your Roadmap to Health and Wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WYPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance. 